Friends, you haven't heard from us for a while because um, we're not very good at this. But also, I was back in the uh, cold flat place, uh, attending to other things, and uh, also Christmas, and you know there hasn't New been any Year's hockey on to comment. So yeah, we just yeah, and it turns out we just fucking hate hockey. <laughs> uh, it's it's a thing that we obsess over while like flogging ourselves yeah like, right the self-flagellation around hockey and not recording is real but we yeah. are back in front of you now and uh boy do we have a lot to catch up on and for that we are sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh we want to start off um oh yeah we're the handsome hockey podcast my name is jake across from me is evan but first we have a transaction to report uh kind of a negative one unfortunately for women's hockey the ice garden which is probably probably the like number one place to go for news about women's hockey yeah it's one of the major places where people were paid to report on women's hockey even you know not all that much but still paid yeah hey you know what if you can get paid to like go catch a game at a mall on a saturday afternoon that's pretty rad i do kind of want to go to that mall it seems amazing but uh (laughs) I digress. I refuse to go to malls. Anyways, um, actually, I was in a mall not too long ago. Damn. Anyways, uh, the Ice Garden is one of the best websites for hockey in general, but they do focus on women's hockey and their writing is superb. We would not have even one tenth of the knowledge we have about women's hockey without their reporting without their perspective and without the access that they have cultivated over the years. And uh, so we are putting kind of an APB out, not an APB. We're we're putting we're we're putting our our collective fan base on on black. No, I can't talk. We're <laughs> we're it's it's we've, been so long. I forgot how to do this. I forgot how to talk about hockey. We've filed an AP wire that uh, the Ice Garden has been unfortunately put on waivers by their owner, Vox Media, owner of SB Nation, and uh, I'm sure you know cutting any salary that they can find uh, these days. As it seems like the world heads towards a slow tanking recession i mean it, it feels like the the world economy is making like the san jose sharks um and just you know going for the toilet slowly the the, the world wishes that it had more cap space yeah i mean the world wishes there was a prospect like Hunter bedard at the end of this but it's probably just another like it's just you know, joe biden again yeah right damn <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that guy uh but, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, one of the most authoritative women's hockey resources that we have uh, doesn't have a financial home. And the editor and uh, interim manager, Mike Murphy, uh, sent this out a series of tweets. And it was really heart wrenching to read just like someone that really cares about what they do, finding out some really awful news and then having to kind of digest it and also report on it. And, um, yeah, our heart goes out to them. Um, we love them as 
a resource. They're really good, thoughtful writers. Mike Murphy is great on Twitter. Um, and we have nothing but good things to say about them. We hope they find a, a home somehow, but well, they are, they do have a GoFundMe started. It's, okay. they were asking for 1500 bucks. They're now over 11 K. Um, and they're hoping to use that money to kind of establish a hosting platform for their site, um, which would be amazing. Um, and that amount of money, they said when it was at 5,000, Mike tweeted that that would be enough to sustain them for hosting for something like six months or something like that. So really that's all. I mean, I was going to say that's a lot to host a website, but I don't, I, I don't know anything, but I feel like um, I'm paying like 25 bucks every three months to host your website. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're also like professionals. Yes. Yeah. And, they, uh, their, their website is good. <laughs> yeah. Their website uh, gets traffic. Yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that ours gets a lot of spam bot traffic. Yeah, man. If spam bots were actual eyes, we would be millionaires right now. Woo. But, uh, yeah, the unfortunate reality is that, they're going to be looking for a new home and maybe looking to monetize their stuff independently. I mean, if you ask for 1500 bucks and get 11,000, um, I think my next website I would pull up would be, uh, Patreon, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, they did, uh, put out kind of a tweet. I don't remember if this was through Mike Murphy as well, or if this was through, uh, just the ice gardens, Twitter account, but asking like what you would pay at it for if there was a subscription fee okay um <clears throat> the tweet noted that most of their content would still be free mm-hmm. um but that there would be like this kind of tier of uh with a patreon or a subscribe some sort of subscriber base um makes sense i mean they probably need that anyways you know? well and, uh, yeah and that would go to actually paying their writers which mm-hmm. you know if you can like we, we keep talking about uh, women's hockey players being able to make a living wage. Like if you're a writer, a reporter that isn't at some major conglomerate, like it's, it's a struggle to make a living wage doing some, what you love. And so, um, kind of like go over to their website, um, look for their GoFundMe. If you have some loose change over in the couch cushions or, uh grandma sent you a birthday check but she forgot that you're not 12 and she gave you 20 dollars <laughs> and you think you know what like 20 dollars let's do some good with this um if grandma's uh uh if those stock certificates you got at five years old you know from grandma have start to come due yeah maybe throw them a buck or two you know if you if you happen to be in like venture capital i don't know maybe take a look yeah if you're a venture capitalist first off invest in us and then second (laughs) off (laughs) invest in the ice garden uh they actually put out significantly better content than we do um uh we're we have more fun doing it they're here for stats and vibes and we're all vibes (laughs) (laughs) speaking of vibes nela lapusnova am i saying that correctly sure is a vibe uh Uh, and a half (laughs) this is a 14 year old a 14 year old who is just lighting up the women's world juniors and looking like a star doing it. So playing for the Slovakia national team, the, uh, five, seven, 146 pounder, according to elite prospects, about the size of Johnny Gaudreau. Um, <laughs> it, it, 
she has five goals or sorry, five games played nine goals, three assists for a total of 12 points at 14 years old yeah. <laughs> playing in a, a, an 18 and under tournament. And she is playing in a boys league uh, as her club team. And she has 15 goals and 31 points in 10 games. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. 3.1 points a game. That's like, she's absurd. And we wanted to highlight this for a couple of reasons. One, obviously she's 14. This is bonkers. Like, yeah. Like, like usually, usually in women who develop earlier than boys and kind of like get bigger earlier, there's a, a huge size discrepancy between like a 12, 13, 14 year old and a 16, 17 year old. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't seem to matter here. She's a good size already and she's 14, but like she's torching fools. She did a Michigan goal in the fucking IHF world juniors. Uh, We're talking about her from Oregon and (laughs) she's in fucking Slovakia. Yeah. That picture, her front page picture on her elite prospects is her scoring this Michigan goal against Sweden. Perfect. Uh, and I think, um, the other reason that like outside of her just blowing up and being, you know, now one of the most promising women's hockey prospects in the world. Uh, another thing, and, uh, I'm pulling this Haley Salvian wrote an article, uh, about her, um, on the athletic, they they talk to Hillary Knight about her, and Hillary Knight says when this her existence shows the huge amount of growth in the game that has mm-hmm. happened. Nayla got her start start. Nayla got her start at four years old, and she was she went to a hockey clinic that was in her hometown that was put on by the IAHF to try and stimulate the women's game oh, holy cow. in countries around the world okay. that weren't the U S and Canada. Well, sounds like it got stimulated. Yeah. And so the, uh, the, and she's playing on a U 14 team and a U 18 team. And Hillary Knight was like, when I was coming up, there wasn't a U 14 or a U 18 team. Like you were either on the team or you weren't like, there wasn't development. There wasn't, like all of these things. And, you know, Hillary Knight was like, I was 21 years old before I had pressure on me that like this self placed pressure to mm. perform for the national team. She's 14. Like this, I think just shows, and we've also like, we've seen the rise of uh, Finland uh, in recent years, uh, internationally in women's hockey uh, Slovakia apparently coming on uh, with yeah. this star. Um, there's this just shows that there is there is development out there and there is progress. Um, you know, we we have talked earnestly about the PHF salary cap going up to 1.5 million for next year, and we've got some other news that we'll get to in just a second. But like Nayla's existence is like one of the best barometers for the evolution and growth of the women's game and outside of just seeing it 
like and being amazed that a 14 year old is doing this against much older competition just like the actual the the massive uh like what she means and what her growth and development means for women's hockey is way bigger than just her scoring a Michigan goal at mm. a, at a world championship. Yeah. But like to find that there's a Eastern European, like Trevor Zegras type talent, uh, waiting in the wings. Uh, I bet Boston pride has already like thought about calling her. <laughs> the, the article in the athletic ends basically with a college coach, who uh, asked to be re- uh, to remain anonymous, <laughs> saying that they have sent people, they are going to send people to Slovakia to recruit her. That college coach, Mike Babcock. <laughs> uh, no, he resigned. I know. Yeah. I'm just uh, kidding. But um, and Nayla has also said that her goal is to play college hockey. So. <laughs> like i think she should probably shoot higher is, at this point well like college and then you know n- professional hockey well women's college hockey is a good feeder oh yeah to, absolutely yeah. but you know we keep talking about hey the sky's the limit for these professional leagues as they start to you know invest in, and sign bigger contracts and well we got a new one that she can shoot for in the next you know 10 years the new record for largest women's hockey professional contract has just been signed by Daryl Watts of the Toronto six, um, 150 K a year. Heck yeah. That is, that's more than a living wage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's real money right there. Um, that's, uh, that's kind I mean, of afford to live on the West coast kind of money. I was going to say in, in Toronto, that might not go very far. Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> It's it's gonna go further than what she was making earlier. No, I know that's for sure. She uh, if only she could spend that money where she went to college in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, she, right. Yeah, she uh, was actually with like days away of going back to Madison for uh, a master's program in real estate. Oh yeah, does she still have? eligibility years no i think she's done oh, okay but well she's she's definitely done she's playing professionally and we all know the ncaa somehow still exists and somehow yeah. still fucks everybody's <laughs> life up right um so has uh, has never done anything good um but so daryl watts decided you know what i'm gonna give it one more shot and then she heard about the contract and like she's a patty Kassmeyer award winner she's fucking good like she's really good um but she uh decided to give it one more shot got hooked up with the toronto six and they just they had signed her for the through the end of this season and then next season and then so her contract overall is about 200k for about a season and a half yeah and for context the average salary this season was thirty four thousand dollars and the previous record for biggest contract was signed by michaela grant mentis with buffalo at 80k Mm -hmm. so this is almost doubling the record contract so uh the phf uh they they're either like fucking themselves into oblivion by spending (laughs) this money or they but i uh as much as we have made fun of PHF slash NWHL management in the past, mm-hmm. they have like 
new people in place who have previous experience of this magnitude. Also, they're full-timers. Yes. Whereas the previous people were were part-timers. And so they now have maybe a, a better understanding of what it takes to succeed and thrive well, uh, as a sports league. And also I think they've realized, Hey, we need to invest and spend money to make money instead of, you know, just like kind of toiling away in middling territory. Like, you know, actually we're going to give this a try. If you flame out, you flame out, whatever. But if you're going to do something big and, something cultural, you know, create a cultural shift. That's what this league is all about. Um, You need to spend money to make money. And yeah, they've gone kind of full shark tank. Yeah. And I mean, the PWHPA is supposedly gonna figure stuff out eventually. PWHPA, I feel like is like waiting in the wings, like Brutus about to, stab someone in the back but you know i don't know i we'll see you know the pwhpa has now absorbed like three or four shots across the bow from the phf without even releasing a bit of information so one would think if they're gonna be relevant and try and you know up the stakes the way that the phf has been upping the stakes on them they'll have to show up with with something important, but you know, they still hold like what all of the national players, not all of them, but most for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Almost all. And you have to wonder, and this is just me fucking around. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to wonder if you're a PWHPA member, like, Oh, it's starting to look real grassy on that other side of the fence. Enticing, right? Like, you're playing an actual season instead of these like pop water, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like, obsessively like pop-up. pop-up events. And I mean, you know, we live in Portland. Pop-ups can be delicious, like, but it's very sad when they go away. So, you know, we're we've been saying we're coming to a crossroads for a couple of years now, but I think mostly because the PWHPA hasn't fucking done anything yet. Mm-hmm. And so at what point do you say maybe we just combined forces because the 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 phf is clearly doing something right Mm -hmm. right at what point does the gravity of the phf just kind of fold in the pwhpa like it's a moon you know crashing into a planet in a lars von trier movie like you know it (laughs) so uh sticking we've got one more little bit of phf inspiration or uh new news is probably the better way than uh the all-star weekend is coming up here in a little bit and the captains were announced and uh, it was katarina Mrazova for team world kaylee fracken for team canada and then madison packer ended up being the cap elected captain for team usa so they're doing the three team thing yeah you know interesting uh, I mean, yeah let them fight it out Mm-hmm. Yeah, USA number one. <laughs> um, the interesting story about Madison Packer being nominated or named captain is Packer and Jillian Dempsey had been named, had the exact same amount of votes. Uh oh. And Jillian Dempsey then kind of said, you know what? The floor is yours. And 
allow uh gave the captaincy to madison packer Aww, as a very, very magnanimous generous uh um kind of uh gesture to madison packer and her amazing pink hair um <laughs> yeah jillian dempsey actually got a little play in a catalog i received as part of the christmas giving season um <clears throat> we don't have a sponsor yet hint hint but a brand I've always liked uh, called American Giant. Um, they make clothing in America. Wow, fancy that. It's pretty kind of simple basics, but high quality stuff. And they did a really nice like four spread write up on Jillian Dempsey with some great photos and like actually kind of insightful writing. Um, and I had no idea. I was like flipping through looking at, you know, expensive fleeces and it was like, oh, wow, awesome. Jillian Dempsey in this catalog. So props to them uh and congrats to her for getting the press it's super exciting to see more and more you know culturally relevant things turning to women's hockey for inspiration and and for stories so yeah love seeing that so now that daryl watts got promised all of this money from the boy hockey sphere comes a tale of how not to spend it it's it's very uh too legit to quit <laughs> yeah uh it, it kind of slithering if you will <laughs> wait what is robin laner's least favorite house in harry potter Ooh, uh definitely not gryffindor yeah, i don't it's know. gonna be slytherin that's his <laughs> least favorite because it's a world of trouble for him yeah um robin laner declared bankruptcy like that's not super surprising in and of itself Unfortunate for the guy, because he's someone we kind of root for. He's become one of the uh, big mental health advocates in the NHL, along with being a very exciting goaltender and dominant when he's uh, actually playing. But he's got a little bit more on his mind these days uh, because he um, is trying to account for uh, $50 million in debt, um, which he racked up to dozens of creditors and he has filed a chapter seven bankruptcy allegedly a significant amount of this money was lost investing in a, a snake farm a uh, a very rare snake operation that uh, accounts for payments for a rare collection of snakes he purchased for 1.2 million dollars <laughs> Yeah, and let us Evan kind of Evan talked about this earlier just a bit. Like Robin Lehner is one of the great advocates for mental health in uh in professional sports that we've seen in the last couple of years. Um we're going to make fun of him though. Um, <laughs> and he absolutely deserves it. Yeah. Um so he bought a bunch of snakes from a guy named Ben Rennick uh in early 2017 in June 2017. He was Ben Rennick was murdered by his wife. What? And subsequently sentenced to 16 years in jail for murdering her husband. Um, Over snakes and money, one would assume. Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe, maybe it was uh, snakes gone wild. I don't know. Um, <laughs> snakes on a plane. So after Rennick was killed. Laner just stopped making payments on the snakes because the dude who bought the snakes from was dead. 
and so turns out america doesn't quite work that way yeah it turns out we've we love lawsuits um and so he get, uh laner got sued for stopping payments laner countersued uh because of saying that uh he took on millions of dollars in costs taking care of Renex animals because at some point after Ben's death, the snakes began breeding amongst one another in an unsupervised and uncontrolled manner that caused the collection of snakes to lose value. But Laner's attorneys did not specify by how much. Yeah. And lose value because you were spending so much to take care of these rapidly reproducing snakes i mean who knew that snakes fucked like bunnies and that that that's news to me but uh yeah it laner is living in the snake dungeon from indiana jones it had to be snakes on this motherfucking play <laughs> um this story is so fucking crazy it's one of the fucking <laughs> most bonkers things i've ever heard of in my entire sports fandom like going bankrupt because you bought snakes right like mc hammer is impressed by this he he at least got a tiger out of it right like this is fucking bananas laner has been basically he has so many creditors because he has basically been borrowing money from everybody including like the same company i believe that gave evander kane money so <laughs> yeah i mean he's obviously wrapped up in some of the predatory shit not talking about the snakes uh predatory shit that you know hockey players are faced with like this company is basically payday loan sharks for athletes sure sports over 10 months crossing between 2018 and 19 arranged nearly 14 million dollars in loans to evander kane uh and this is now uh they also owe uh loans defaulted loans with adrian peterson and uh kamar lawrence of mls so like yikes so like this is a fucking terrible company yeah they they need to be burned to the ground (laughs) but uh there's a great story about this actually comes from robin laner's teammate mark stone who said that uh during an end of season party after the Knights lost to Montreal uh, a couple years back, they're at Mark Stone's place and Robin Laner is in the back digging up his yard looking for snakes. And he said that a week later he had five snakes in his pool because of Robin Laner. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then, so this video of Mark Stone comes out and Robin Laner tweets in response to it. Man, it was for Reeves, but I didn't find any. I wasn't digging. Just did a little searching. He don't like snakes. <laughs> I love it so much. I mean, I really hope that Robin can find a suitable way out of this and not, you know, have to deal with, financial trouble yeah for the rest of his career i mean also this will probably keep him playing until he's 50 he's gonna be on the mike vick like paying off my debts to society train he's gonna be uh he'll make uh yarmir yager look like a young man yeah i mean any more than yarmir yager makes yarmir yager look like a young man makes me look like an old man we'll get to that later um yeah this is 
just like chef's kiss of just weird ass NHL stories coming from the strangest places. Like, and it's not even like the snake farm is in fucking Vegas where you would expect it to be. It's in like central Missouri. Or like Wisconsin or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. I, I think the the people suing him are from Wisconsin oh, because okay. I mean, I don't know. Like, apparently there's not much to do in the prairie. Uh, nothing good happens in Missouri. No, oh. sorry. In conclusion, on this just fucking nutso story, uh, Evan, I'm gonna ask you to. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to make a promise to me, and I'm gonna hold you to it. When we start making millions off this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will buy zero snakes, and I, I need promise you, you this. And I need you to make sure that I buy zero snakes as well. Yes, yeah, especially uh, exotic ones. Right. What's the point of having a snake if it's not an exotic one? Like, yeah. Uh, who who keeps a fucking garter snake in their uh, goth girls? Oh yeah. Uh, capybaras, on the other hand, those are completely <laughs> completely okay. Uh, you get, well, you can't have uh, mongoose, mongooses, mongoose. How do you say? You can't yeah. have a mongoose in the United States, so you might as well go somewhere else. The thing that's there to protect you from the snakes. Yeah, that's why. That's why there's so many fucking snakes in this country. <laughs> like, why are there so many motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking country? The answer: Robin Lehner. Uh, speaking of snakes, oh. Ivan Provrovrovrov. Provrovrovrov. Uh has decided to go and bite gay pride in the butt. Um, He's making like that woman on White Lotus who thinks the gays are all coming to kill him. Uh, He, so the backstory is Philadelphia, the Flyers had their pride night and Ivan Provorov declined to participate in the warmup because he has disagreements with the LGBTQ plus lifestyle. And it was, uh, the warmups were in rainbow adorned jerseys. Yes. Um, apparently he hates the mixture of sunshine and rain. I don't know. I think he's really into beige, like the, the fake Werner Herzog memes. Like I hate the rainbows. They make me, make me too happy when they want to be sad. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually Morrissey too. Uh, yeah. Uh, Torts kind of because Torts is a notorious like right wing curmudgeon too. Well, he's kind of weirdly in the middle because he's super into. That's fair. uh, He's super into uh, uh, what is it? Pipple rights and like taking care of dogs and yeah, like that. So yeah, but loving animals doesn't make you a left winger. No, I know. I just think he's got a little bit more. Uh, Like Johnny Gaudreau might love animals. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Mike Fick loved animals. Yeah. Um, loved bashing their heads in. Um, but yeah, he, he didn't really come out and throw Provorov under the bus. I mean, he didn't sit him for the game. That's one thing. Right. Like, you know, if anybody usually says, Hey, I want to skip warmups because well, these jerseys are a little too fancy for me. Uh, someone would just be like, yeah, fuck you sit, you know, our, our, we're tanking anyways. Like <laughs> right. it's not like he had much to play for besides, well, his now substantially diminished trade value. Yeah. He, um, torts who notoriously came out against, uh, or famously came out against Colin Kaepernick. 
who then uh, I mean, he kind of walked his comments back though later yeah. in, in 2020 in the bubble and then he also uh talk shit about like trevor zegris for being too flashy like right he's clearly like a curmudgeonly old dude yeah i don't necessarily know i don't want to accuse him of being full-on right wing but yeah he's somewhere on the old angry white man in hockey spectrum yeah and so he said that uh ivan was pra- uh that it was against his religion mm-hmm. to support LGBTQ plus folks. Uh, it came out later that he was Rus- Russian Orthodox, which, which is where exactly we would have guessed. They hate the gays. It turns out uh, Russia is, as a country is just like, no, we don't like you, which is funny considering how strange and queer looking Russian Orthodox uh, priests are. But uh, you know, that's just, a, that's just an aesthetics <laughs> yeah. issue. Uh, and so, uh, there was obviously the immediate pro LGBTQ plus reaction and then the immediate right wing reaction, which was to buy out the NHL shop of his jerseys, which to their credit was like five jerseys. Yeah. And like, <laughs> let's also point out that like the right wing will buy fucking anything. Yeah. If it's used as like a, oh, yeah, I'm gonna stick it to the to the left wing liberal right. turds. Bunch of people in Texas who don't even know what hockey is were like, oh, I'm buying an Ivan Provorov jersey yeah. because Alex Jones told me to. And also, he's Russian. <laughs> They're the bad guys. Well, not if you talk to the modern American right wing. I mean, yeah. they they fully support you know <laughs> Putin and are anti you know subsidies to ukraine and blah 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 whatever yeah well you know what fuck you we're giving them abrams tanks (laughs) uh it's not working out very well is it (laughs) probably when you are right wing and you're opposing the american military industrial complex what are you even doing yeah (laughs) you do realize that like your whole existence is tied to them right yeah right (laughs) so uh i mean they're playing the long game where they just want us to fight russia maybe yeah maybe oh god that would i mean we're terrible getting deeper into a proxy war every fucking day so whatever um so back to hockey uh mostly because i just don't want to think about that the best part of this story is that ivan provorov's dog blocked me on instagram uh i didn't his dog noted homophobe yeah so i love golden retrievers Mm. ivan's got a golden retriever named drake who is super adorable plays hockey with his dad out on the ice and is now a noted homophobe because uh, i sent a message bites gay people to yeah (laughs) (laughs) barks in queer uh i sent a message uh it's ivan provarov's either uh it's his partner's runs the account okay. for them his partner um, definitely not a dude uh yeah <laughs> very clearly not a dude or are they yeah uh, De- totally not a beard run, totally not a beard runs the uh account and i sent a, actually a very kind message uh i didn't swear i didn't oh, condemn I, I so you you actually wrote the dog uh yeah yeah on instagram i was telling them why i was I was unfollowing and it was, it was actually, you know, I just said you can be a Christian and love queer people. It happens every day. Yeah. Even the Pope does that. And I said, I hope that Ivan uses this as a learning experience to become a better, more open-minded individual. Mm -hmm. 
and blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny because the same week, like Pope Francis came out and said that the Catholic Church needs to be more welcoming of of LGBTQ plus people. And it's like, all right, yeah, you're really diverging here, uh, young defenseman who went from intriguing prospect and trade bait to like also ran who nobody probably wants to deal with anymore. So uh, very... He's Very, toxic. He's <laughs> he definitely is a little toxic at this point because, I mean, there are only a handful of trade bait type defensemen this year, and uh, he's probably one of them. Um, Philly is going nowhere. They had no reason to even fucking play him. Like, if they, that's the other crazy thing about this to me is like they could just have lied. who just said yeah he missed warm-ups because he was you know taking a really long and painful shit and uh i would have been like been there yeah right no one would have been like any the wiser but he made i mean he kind of also made john tortorella go up and air his dirty laundry for him like yeah torts had to break it to the media that this is why this happened you know, Torts didn't lie. I mean, and to his credit, you know, Torts is a pretty truthful guy, even when it hurts or hurts him. But yeah, this whole, whole ridiculous thing. And like, you know, Philly, pretty cosmopolitan city in the scheme of things. They support their gay community. And he's kind of become a little persona non grata there. Yeah. Who wants to tell him that he plays hockey in the city of brotherly love yeah ouch all the more reason for him to try and find his way out of town back to the khl so you know who else has found their way out of their respective town i don't know if he found his way so much as he was shown the way yeah yeah. uh we can now officially say bruce there it isn't uh bruce boudreau has been officially canned after a uh, very long and arduous, I don't know what you would call this. It wasn't really a process. It was just waiting. I mean, basically the entire time between the last time we recorded and now people have been pounding on the Canucks door being like, uh, when are you going to get rid of Bruce and, and hire this other coach that we know exactly who you're going to hire? You're going to hire Rick Tockett. It was basically announced. Right. Like, and the like, whole world, including Bruce Boudreaux, knew. Mm-hmm. And to his credit, Bruce handled things with amazing aplomb. Like, he gave really smart, heartfelt answers. Like, you could tell he was being a good sport at every step of the way. I mean, the he's ca- coached one of the worst teams in hockey this year. And the fans are, like, revolting against the ownership for canning him. Yeah. In one of the worst teams. <laughs> like, they could not have handled this any worse. And, you know, th- there were some mitigating factors. Like, Rick Tockett was a pundit for TNT and reportedly had to give them, like, a month's notice, which would be hilarious if Boudreaux then goes and takes his job on TNT. Like, that would be amazing. Boudreaux is awesome on air. Imagine the bleeps. Oh, I know. I mean, like, Really, Bruce Boudreau should be a hockey commentator for like HBO so we can hear all the fucks. But like, yeah, uh, he was such a good sport about it. 
got some standing ovations, had tears in his eyes at the end of a couple of the last games. Um, it, just the way he's handled this end of job situation has probably guaranteed him another job. And oh, for sure. As And like what he did with that team in the back half of last year. Sure. Because uh, they that's weren't easier any better to, last year. <laughs> I mean, they were in the way that like if they had have hired him two weeks before they did, they might have made the playoffs. Uh, this year, this team has been, to nicely say, moribund. Liquid uh, hot doo-doo fire. Yeah. Um, way to bring in that English major. That's that's a big word. Mm-hmm. That's There's a bunch of... Uh, dashes in that it's all one word <laughs> but uh the front office is not doing him any favors they're not there's gonna no, do rick talking any favors either. no there's not that much talent in the building um i mean it's really hard to bring what has been a tire fire for many years into any sort of competitive nature because they keep throwing three to five million dollars at any like third or fourth liner that they can find um and then they have a bunch of just awful bad contracts like oliver Narson and um you know it's and, and and fucking jt miller you know it's bad when the uh media and fans are calling jim rutherford a well-established gm uh, Jim 2.0 in reference to Jim Benning, his <laughs> predecessor, who they also tried running out of town. And I mean, what's funny is Jim Rutherford has this, he's, he's what president of hockey ops. He's not technically GM, but he's got this like Patsy GM, Patrick Alvine, who uh, had the balls to take credit for the firing in the publicity stunt that they had. Like, whoops. Everyone knows this was not your fucking call. Yeah. There were two other people ahead of you, and like now you're getting saddled with taking the fall for this firing, Patrick Alvine. Oh, what a patsy. Oh, it's just, it's so rich and hilarious. I mean, like, this really is like an episode of Succession, the HBO show. We're going to keep coming back to balls and HBO this episode, apparently. But like, the knives are out and everyone's talking. There's tons of leaks. Um, are we still talking about balls? Yes. Okay. Um, like really the only winner in this entire fucking Vancouver connect story, Rachel Dory. <laughs> yeah. She looks real vindicated right now. <laughs> Doesn't she like every ship that sinks has someone that gets cast off very early. And it was just her. That, that was that was it. And like everything past that has been just this like monumental organizational meltdown by the Canucks. You know, the fucking Francesco Aquilini thing came out like, oh, his kids hate him and he's maybe abusive. Um, Bruce has basically been on the firing line since training camp, you know, they've been like in so many words, just saying, yeah, we're going to fire you the first fucking second we can. They allowed him and encouraged him to 
shop around for other contracts like it was an open relationship. It just made no fucking sense. And this had to be dictated by ownership, who is clearly just absolutely incompetent. You want to know why Canada can't win a Stanley Cup? The shit is why. (laughs) Look at who your GMs are and your owners. I mean, Edmonton's owner is a wants to like fuck ballerinas. This Uh, this Pierre Dorian erasure will not stand. (laughs) He's not an owner. I know he's a GM with without an owner. Yeah, (laughs) actually, that's well. It's about to be Ryan Reynolds. So if they they can only hope it's Ryan Reynolds. Big Guns is no longer in Montreal. He took his biceps elsewhere. Yeah, that's a really good observation. Is like, which team in Canada has competent leadership? Yeah. Uh, is Pierre Dorian the best GM in, in Canada? It's like Kyle Dubas, <laughs> Ken Holland, right. Ky- Jim Rutherford. You can tell how someone thinks about him, whether they say Kyle Dubas or Dubas. <laughs> uh, Brad Tree Living's pretty good up in Calgary. Yeah. I'd say he's probably but that number one. team has really underperformed. I yeah, mean, but at even the same be- time, like it's a lot of gelling new parts mm-hmm. in coming from teams that played a much more wide open style, yeah, trying sure. to get used to Daryl Sutter's style. So, yeah, and Daryl Sutter is still curmudgeonly old, angry Daryl Sutter that like throws his new players under the bus and you know quotes the Bible whenever he can, <laughs> yeah. um, which plays well in Calgary. So, um, I can't think. I mean, Winnipeg, like what they had adam lowry's dad as coach for a while like they were a fucking mites team yeah but they're they I, have, they're doing uh, great kevin shovel day off right who was a uh, part of the blackhawk scandal yeah uh <clears throat> and then i can't remember so the, name. the award can't go to him but th- they have connor hellebuck who um well he's probably one of the best goalies out there so yeah that's why it's probably between him and Olmark for vesna at this point right it's gotta be yeah it's it's definitely gotta be yeah, so Canada sucks. So does Vancouver. Not the city. The city's great. Do your job better. <laughs> like, treat people with grace and kindness. How about that? Yeah, it turns out that if you're less of a dick, usually you you win faster. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's just that's why, how it works. That's why you got to have Steve Eisenman who just doesn't show emotions. <laughs> and Steve Eisenman is good at playing karma. Speaking of karma... The Canadian police have determined that there is a high likelihood of a crime in the Hockey Canada case. Which is about as animated as you can expect any Canadian to yeah. be. Yeah, and here, uh, here on Handsome Hockey Podcast, we're like, <laughs> like really? <laughs> really? Like, there's a likelihood of a crime? Yeah. Uh, this is a novel in that Everything else is being kept private, but uh, including this whole report, but the third party investigation into the 2018 sexual assault of a woman by members of the Hockey Canada team, um, it, it has been determined that likely a crime took place by law enforcement and they are taking adjudication steps. Um, they're being held confidential for now, partially to not jeopardize the investigation, uh, partially I'm sure to save face in a uniquely Canadian way. But, uh, the board of directors is being briefed on the report's findings and, uh, you know, it's a measure of vindication for the London police to come out and say, yeah, they have reasonable grounds to think that five members of 
Hockey Canada's 2018 junior team committed a crime. Um, those five players have kind of been outed in informal circles. Several of them are in the NHL today. They've all had kind of interesting contractual dealings where some have not been able to resign with their teams. Some have been traded for pennies on the dollar a little bit inexplicably. And, and it seems like we're getting closer to a reckoning here. Um, one can only hope that it is meaningful for the victim and meaningful for the hockey culture that needs to change. But um, yeah, we're going to be doing more waiting in the dark, it seems, for entirely too long. We're really getting to the point where it seems absurd that we don't have like a police report that says these players did this. I mean, the report seems to exist somewhere, right? Just not in the public view. Maybe they don't have FOIA laws up in (laughs) Canada. Um, I, and it's not that I'm sitting here saying that I need to know who the players are. No, but it's five years ago. Yeah. You want it's justice at, to at run its course. Because chances are there's at least one NHLer in there. Oh, there are several. Yeah. They, you know, it, it doesn't take much searching on sites that end in Schmedit <laughs> um, to basically know who the five are at this point. There has been enough amateur sleuthing there's enough hockey nerddom out there that has put their heads together and they're like okay it's it's these dudes yeah uh two of them are definitely in the nhl right now yeah one of them was recently but is no longer yeah (laughs) there was uh some article it was like the trade uh trade block article on the athletic and somebody's like oh they should trade him for one of those players and like the next three comments were like, no, <laughs> no, no, not, not him. No. no. And they're like, why? <laughs> what, what, what could be wrong with that? <laughs> the sad reality is that it took top sponsors, Tim Hortons, Canadian tire, Scotiabank to pull their sponsorships for hockey Canada to really realize the gravity of the situation. And so, you know, we would love that this came out of their, thinking to do right um but no they're they're a dudley do wrong type of organization um it it took hitting their pocketbooks to get them to do anything so hopefully some changes are on the way hopefully some charges are on the way and uh yeah hopefully justice fucking happens right not the french band though actual like there, criminal there, justice there, there's a french band called justice fucking happens <laughs> No, just justice. So to follow up with teams that are adjacent to sexual violence, um, the Chicago hockey team got thumped by Seattle. Everybody cheers. Yeah. Um, in a historic fashion, eight to five, but Seattle was leading six to one after the first period after scoring six goals on their first seven shots. Let's just think about that again. Six goals, seven shots in a fucking NHL game. Holy shit. That's NHL level goaltending is what that is. That's uh that's tanking is what it is. Yeah. And um, right now, Chicago 
is sitting in uh, second to second position to get Connor Bedard at the end of the season. There's some talk that they might not be allowed to pick Connor Bedard because of Gary Bettman's ire over the handling of the Kyle Beach scandal. He's going to Arizona or Anaheim. I would put money on that right now. Sure. The tank uh, in Chicago is, I mean, we knew it was coming. Like Sure. All when of, you signed Jack Johnson, it was on. You mean Stanley Cup champion Jack Johnson. Yeah, whatever. Um, um, yeah, <laughs> when, when you trade away your best scoring player and it, it it feels like it was a totally unnecessary teardown. Well, I mean, the writing was on the wall when the Seth Jones trade happened. It was like, oh, this is this is awful. You got to tear it down to studs. Um, and yeah, it sucks. But now they can't get rid of Taves and Kane, it seems like, because, well, Kane's kind of injured and not playing very well. And Taves is too old. Well, they also both have full no movement clauses. Right. So they have to want to be traded instead of like if you're if you're patrick kane wouldn't you just want to just stay at home in chicago for the rest of the season and then hit the free agent market instead of moving somewhere for like three weeks yeah absolutely uh it's one thing if you're getting moved somewhere to be a part of a team that chases the cup ostensibly but uh yeah i think as they say on puck soup like it's where your stuff is you know, that your life is in Chicago. Like, why don't you just wait until the off season to, to move and you know, still make ten and a half million dollars. Why not be comfortable? Yeah. And reality is, is doesn't hadn't look comfortable the whole year. And uh, that's the real reality of this tank is, well, they wanted to suck enough so that these guys wanted to leave. And, um, it turns out they're part of the sucking. <laughs> yeah kind of uh turns out when you separate patrick kane from his buddy alex brinkett um neither one of them is terribly good yeah this couldn't happen to a better team the chicago hockey team <laughs> uh can gargle taint like wombat taint for generations for all i'm care i care but if they got bedard you would be kind of sad I'd be super upset yeah. if Chicago, like, what's next? P- Pittsburgh gets another guy? Like, mm-hmm. f- fuck this. Like, <laughs> exactly. You would be so mad. But, there, I mean, if you if uh, certain other hockey podcasts are to be believed, um, they're not going to get them. Something's going to happen. They're not going to get them. Yeah. Oh, I you think, know, it, I no, I think it's, they want to put him down in the Southwest somewhere. There have been allegations of, uh, impropriety around balls before. Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, we're not talking about Patrick Kane. Yeah. Um, or, Bra- or Blake Wheeler. Yeah. It, it's, uh, they've talked about, you know, there being weighted balls or multiple balls, oh, or, yeah. you know, around the draft lottery ball dropping. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm very intrigued by these comments cause they're, in pole position right now. Um, I think only who is past them in suck. Columbus. Columbus is past them in suckitude, which is kind of unexpected, but not entirely out of the pale. 
they've had a lot of injuries their entire defense has been injured at some point sure and um, it takes a while for johnny Gaudreau to get you know situated and really be his effective self uh you were talking about weighted balls mm-hmm. uh somebody who uh lost some weight in their balls blake wheeler yeah wow uh takes a blast uh from pun intended very much intended thank you uh from his teammate uh <laughs> josh morrissey um and uh it hit him right in the uh the the the, the beanbag and he played the game he, he finished the, the fucking game. game like what <laughs> He had some psycho quote too, like there's a difference between playing hurt and playing injured. And I didn't realize I was injured till after the game. Yeah. It's like, he probably sounds like that. Cause he's <laughs> almost as old as me. <laughs> sure. I, you know, I read that in like Charlton Heston voice because a, that's kind of like Wheeler and B, uh, that's kind of the quote, like what the fuck? <laughs> like, Clint Eastwood smoking a Marlboro. Marlboro. Yeah. Where we're going, we don't need balls. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I do always think it's unnecessary when you see the like hockey players are tougher than NBA players memes because yeah. it's like, duh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> duh, um, and that. But then, like something like this happens, and you're like, okay. Like, yeah, right. Or, you know, several players, I forget who it was most recently, but have played like super fucking injured and jeopardized their careers to to play in the playoffs, you know, like, okay, we're just gonna, you know, take a screwdriver and a couple like quarter 20 bolts and put your foot back together. And we're just going to bolt through the skate to to your foot. You can't take it off. We'll just take the blade. Yeah. I mean, you know, it'll... We'll undo the bolt when the game's over, but uh, like in doing that kind of shit, and it's like no, you do have a life after this. Like your earning potential is one thing, and like your legacy is another thing. Understand that, but like, yeah, they're not getting paid that much more, and injury doesn't change it that much. So it's not the money. Like it's just these they're hard asses that want to keep playing this sport at the highest level and they're competitive and i don't know well and i also think there's a culture of that in the nhl which is probably kind of caustic and bad absolutely Uh, these players need to take care of their long-term earning potential uh you know it's hard to own car dealerships even when your (laughs) back doesn't work like i'm sure john elway is finding this out the hard way yeah uh in other injury news, uh, Max Pacioretty uh, played five games this year. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just I feel, I feel bad for him. He's a Michigan guy, uh, but he's been a relatively class act for most of his professional career. He was a class act like a month ago. I yeah. don't know if you, if you saw this. Um, there was a kid eating ice cream and the cameraman zoomed in on him and i think he was i don't know on the stadium or something and he dropped his ice cream cone and uh guess who went to the fucking concourse from the box and 
brought this kid an ice cream cone, but Max Pacioretty. <laughs> Absolutely adorable. Hey, Patches is the best. Also, uh, that was a giant ice cream cone. Like, I don't know. Like, that might have been worth like two beers worth of ice cream. Do you like, think Pacioretty like went up there and was like, you know, I'm good for it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is this $30 ice cream cone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so he's out for the year with another Achilles tear retour the same one the, uh, honestly and it was a non-contact injury mm-hmm. like it looks bad um, and I think tear is a relative term here if I'm not mistaken I'd be interested to dive in more I haven't delved in more to the, like the medical news side of it but like it sounds sort of to me like it was a partial tear and they were trying to wait it out in rehab. And like now he'll probably have, have a surgical rep no. repair. I don't know if he had surgery in his first go around or not. No. Um, um, but it, you know, it, hopefully this isn't the end of Max Pacioretty's <laughs> hockey career. Um, he might be a free agent when the season starts next season. And then somebody gives him a contract. Cause he's definitely, he's not going to be ready for the start of next season. Right. So, yeah, um, that's interesting. So we'll see what happens. If, if it is the end of his career, uh, he's had a good one. Um, it could be like comeback player of the year potential. If he just, you know, plays a half a season, it's going to be Jacob Frana. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Ooh. Speaking of Yarmir Yager should not be able to move. At his age. Did you just see the highlight that I lo- saw earlier? No. Of him uh, just scrambling fools? Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. So, yeah. Yarmir Yager came back to play a game. Stop me if you've heard this. <laughs> and uh, had two assists, like a couple weeks shy of age 51 uh, for the team he owns in Chechia. Um, but apparently has set his hall of fame clock back by doing so because this is technically professional hockey. <laughs> and so now they have to make him wait like another five years. Uh, maybe a little bit of a miscalculation on that point, but I don't think he gives a shit. <laughs> right. I think it's, it's very obvious at this point that Yarmir Yager intends to be a posthumous inductee into the <laughs> hockey hall of fame. Uh, he's, he's just going to play until they, they, they scrape him off the ice <laughs> yeah, with a Zamboni <laughs> and like, just like bury him in the ice. Right. Face up. Like you can just see his face during all the games for his team. Yeah. <laughs> and he's smiling. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be like a sarcophagus type thing with like the arms crossed and like an onk in one hand. It'll be like action he's, hero. He's down there like, yeah, with his pecs and, and his hair. Just like there's a great picture. I think of him um, starting a relay race or, or a marathon or something with a starting gun. And someone was like, how have we not had action hero Yarmer Yager yet? Movie producers get on this shit. <laughs> um, yeah, it, he's going to make them, them being the Hockey Hall of Fame, like make new rules for him. I think that's what he's intent on. Like, he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to get in like, I don't know, the second I like 
don't order a pair of custom skates for a period of two years or something like I, he's going to get some strange rule written specifically just for him. Or they're just going to be like, yeah, you're still fucking playing in Europe. We don't care. Yeah. I'm just going to put you in the Holly, hockey hall of fame. Uh, you're that special. I think he wants like, I don't know that sort of recognition. No one knows. I the they're just, just love hockey. They're just going to build a wing for Yager. <laughs> yeah. The Yager wing. It's just all his jerseys from, the, all 17 NHL <laughs> teams he played for. I legitimately amazed. Like anytime I hear about what there's dudes that track this, like how many of them are there? They all wear a Yager Jersey of each team that he played for to the game. And there's like fucking 14 of them or something. Yeah. I'm always amazed to like relearn that. Oh yeah. Yager played for that team. Philadelphia, Dallas, Florida, you find out he was like an Anna. He's like in a team photo for the Anaheim Ducks, but he wasn't ever actually on the team. He just showed up that day. <laughs> just around. That would be great. If He's they, like leaning out. <laughs> Ducks marketing people, get on this. You talked about all of the jerseys that Yarmir Yager won. Rasmus Dahlin feels kind of evil in the throwback reverse retro Buffalo Sabres, uh, Buffalo head jerseys. Considering those jerseys were once worn by satan uh <laughs> oh sorry i didn't i missed the emphasis shatan sorry miroslav <laughs> shatan uh, considering those were wor- once worn by miroslav shatan they should be seen as a little bit evil honestly buffalo has the best jerseys in the league right now like yeah, a- as like right. a full like like some teams have a really good home jersey but a dog shit away with jersey Theirs are all good. Like, yeah, absolutely. Every one of them. Like every one of their, you know, design jersey things is like on point. Yeah. Um, and this is a little bit of a shout out to Rob who loves this jersey and yeah. we love this jersey. The, uh, what do they call it? The goat head yes. jersey. Uh, red and black as opposed to their usual suave blues. Um, it's incredible. And I mean, this shows the power of looking good. You know, sometimes you look good. Sometimes you play good. When your jerseys are on point, Tage Thompson scores a lot of points, including 33 goals this year. Tage, Tage is going full on rage. He is unbelievable. And somebody really- was like, Tage, you can't score 40 goals. And he was like, fuck you. I won't <laughs> do what you tell me. Yeah. Do you think somewhere like Ryan O'Reilly does the like, reclined meme like looking at a picture of tage thompson being like i knew you could do it bud (laughs) you know who can't do it jamie ben oh there is one specific thing that he really cannot do and uh, he's uh engaged now married married he's married married now so Um, he is going to not do that that one thing that one thing to only one lady from now henceforth and forevermore yeah (laughs) unless he buys a bunch of snakes and has a farm and then his wife kills him. Yeah. I mean, it would definitely not be about the snakes and not the lack of, uh, any sort of oral pleasuring that woman, that poor woman. But at the same time, like he said that publicly. So like, you have to know what you're going into. Maybe she's one of the the gals who doesn't like it. No, it's Yeah. I mean, there are those. Yeah. Maybe it's written in the prenup. Like (laughs) thou shalt not cunnilingus. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I don't know how to trans uh, how to make a transition to this, but uh, I, I got one. I got one. Okay, got one. go for it. 
in a move that many a uh, bro hockey player are referring to as a pussy move, uh, Kale McCarr did a hilarious thing and uh, called off a penalty somehow. I mean, I'm still kind of fucking amazed that the refs allowed him to do this. They were just like, no, like many a ref is like, calls a penalty figures out almost immediately okay bad call but you got to stick with it like yeah you, you, that's the stick that, with your guns man right that's the play right uh, except this time it wasn't and kale mccarr argued that he ate shit and was not tripped and clearly like if you zoom in you know zapruder film style yeah the guy's stick is like clearly inches away from his skate but not touching his skate when he just like toe picks and trips on his face, but like in a way that looks like he was tripped very obviously. Like, well, you don't expect Cal McCarr to just fall. He's the best skater outside of exactly outside of Bobby McJesus, Connor McDavid. Yeah. And I mean, he was, you know, doing a pretty tough thing, kind of accelerating off an edge and, you know, in a way that would make someone like Cal McCarr fall. Um, (laughs) called off a penalty successfully lobbied to a official to have them not call a penalty that would have put it as a team at an advantage and so uh obviously that got some heat in the media afterwards and so he issued an apology (laughs) so um he he like what's more canadian than issuing an apology for doing the sportsmanshipy thing yeah okay fine does this not put him as the front runner for the lady bing trophy at the end of the year they're gonna give roman yossi the the norris this year and as a consolation prize cal will get the lady bing <sighs> probably be undeserved and only because of injury but yeah it, it, can lady bing the trophy for the sportsmanship award um if you correct an official (laughs) like that's gotta go and it's not in your interest it's absolutely opposite of your interests like that's gotta be just a automatic win for the sportsmanship award i'm sorry it's hilarious um also hilarious some strange news around transit the leafs were fined for flying too soon there are very strict rules about when you can travel when you can't travel due to the collective bargaining agreement yeah right nhl and the nhlpa exactly due to some like logistical issues they flew early for some reason weather related yeah it was around this giant storm or you know that hit north america on christmas like there's everyone has their own story about this giant ass storm from somewhere in the country no matter where you were from florida to fucking seattle like everyone had has a story about that damn storm so nhl though not very forgiving and find the leafs uh and the coaches specifically a shit ton of money for traveling and this is why we know that chicago is not getting that first pick because (laughs) gary bettman doesn't forget a fucking thing (laughs) or forgive um not forgiving is louis Duming, who came out in hatred and criticism of tesla i'm not gonna skip on any opportunity to shit on tesla and elon musk yeah uh did you i mean Nothing like the apartheid car company to like 
<laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, just uh, they had emeralds in their eyes. Um, yeah, apparently. Where was the mine? Uh, you told us where the mine was. You fucking degenerate. <laughs> apparently, Louis doesn't like his uh, notoriously poorly made Tesla continuously falling apart and having to be in the shop. I mean, I do give elon and tesla credit where credit is due in terms of like making electric vehicles cool again and uh accessible sort of eh, yeah sort of making making like i mean a lot of times by like stations and whatnot accessible well and and price wise but a lot of those like you know very cheap teslas were just made very cheaply turns out hmm funny how that happens Hmm. and um so yeah, a whole lot of people are mad about the quality of their Teslas because, well, a lot of them are like failing and bursting into flames and shit. And like, we haven't even gotten to the the battery replacement, like shenanigans. So it's kind of hilarious. And I kind of want to like sell him on trains. Can we get some fucking high speed rail in this country? God yeah. damn. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was high speed on rails, which was the uh, dude in Portland that was skating on the streets when it was iced over. Yeah, uh, like if we could get some of that, you know, maybe we just need like hockey trains and like a sheet of ice. You know, don't think about tracks. Just you just hold on to a cable and yeah. off you go. Oh, wait, I think ski resorts figured this out and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in uh, hilarious, heartwarming family news, the Joseph brothers, not the Jonas brothers. So the brothers, Joseph Matthew and Pierre Olivier, this had been sort of like slated on the schedule and circled. They were playing a game against each other. One plays for Pittsburgh and the other plays for Ottawa. Ottawa. And uh, so their parents were obviously at the game. It's the first time these brothers had played. They're each wearing one of the jerseys. And uh, well, what do their sons do? They take penalties against each other. (laughs) One of which was not even a penalty. No, the other one very much one was, was very a penalty. clearly high sticking. The other was like not even remotely high sticking. But I think the official just like saw an opportunity to create magic and was like, you know what? We're going to do this. Yeah, right. <laughs> give whoever that was a fucking Oscar because, uh, yeah, to give the brothers Joseph matching penalties on uh, uh, on the play was pure poetry yeah like that was spielbergian (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know like parents watching sports they're always like somewhere between enjoyment and just full-on fear and like you know whenever you talk to your parent or something after a game they're like oh you scored blah 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 took a couple penalties huh Mm -hmm. and then like you know to to have the parents like realize like oh they both took penalties against each other must have just been this hilarious moment that reunion out in the hallway outside of the locker rooms was a little funny (laughs) that must have been good i mean uh, you know the kachucks are used to it by now yeah their sibling rivalry is nuts um but do you think so one parent was wearing pierre olivier's and one parent was wearing matthews do you think they just wore the jersey of their favorite child absolutely yeah they were like Um, no no i like matthew better yeah you think there was like a draft selection process yeah and like one of them got the first pick and the other one was like damn it i'm gonna get pierre olivier (laughs) yeah and also it would have been hilarious if like one had then like put the other one in a headlock but 
Just give them a noogie. <laughs> yeah. Or if they did like, uh, you know, the fake like Irish fisticuffs. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, that is it for us. Uh, we are sorry that we haven't been around uh, much. In but Canadian, that is sorry. Sorry. Uh, but, uh, you know, we hope to be around a little bit more frequently here in the coming weeks and months. So thank you for uh, coming back to us. And, you know, hopefully you've got us saved on your I'm just I'm fucking I'm not I'm not even saying words like I'm just, just like keep going. Just keep going. Eventually, I'll get to it. Uh, yeah. I, this isn't your first time doing this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eventually I you get do, to some you do the, sort of You do like, the fake like outro. You're like, you're, you're, you're working towards something. Yeah. Eventually. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening to us uh, for, uh, we've been doing this for two years now. I think, I guess this is around right around the uh, time that we started. I think it was January 13th, 2020. It was when we put our first, uh, f- what about? Yeah. No, 2021. Episode like yeah eight or nine or yeah. something yeah so we're we've been doing this for two years now uh, we we're hopefully going to avoid our terrible twos uh, <laughs> and I'm, like please go back and listen to those old episodes and tell us like hey you used to do these things that we liked or you know yeah. you sound a whole lot prof- like more professional now who knows uh, <laughs> I would love some feedback either way. Jake sounds like he took up smoking. I didn't actually. It turns out it was for um, journalistic just, reasons. Uh, yeah, I was having my uh, my Hunter S. Thompson moment, mm, and just, as one does. Yeah. Um, so yes, there are bats. Um, <laughs> if you're looking to find us elsewhere on the internet, you're like, you know what? Listening to these guys isn't enough. I gotta see what their shitty opinions are electronically as well. Uh, you can find us all over the fucking interwebs at handsomehockey.com on Instagram. Our handle there is handsome hockey podcast at handsome hockey on Twitter, handsome hockey pod at gmail.com if you want to write us in long form. And then finally, the Handsome Hockey Facebook page. Some of these are more active than others. Probably Twitter is the place to catch us if you really want to hit us up. But um, one of these times, I will learn how to use the fucking Facebook business suite. But it's probably not this week. Uh, you mean the meta business suite? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, meta, for people who don't know, means fuckery. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us. This has been episode 74 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. Stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau to le monde.